Coming up, we have highlights from the weekend series with UC San Diego, and we have an interview with assistant head coach Dylan Jones. That's all next on this episode of the Gaucho 9 Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by our great friends and presenting sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen. Kyle leads off of the classic Kyle, followed by an order of seasoned fries, rounds out the order with a soft drink or an adult beverage. Check out any of Kyle's three locations in Santa Barbara and Goleta. Go on and see Kyle. Great friends, great people, great food. And I uh, got to see Kyle at the ball game on Sunday. So uh, thanks for coming out, showing your support, Kyle. Uh, big Gaucho fan. This episode also brought to you by Smart Office Interiors, commercial furniture for education, healthcare, government, and the home office. Hit up Smart Office Interiors at 805-965-8585 or see them online at smartofficeinteriors.com. All right, let's get to highlights and Dylan Jones. It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. Here's the one-strike pitching. Mitchell belts this to deep left. Cabrera is going to watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha. Can you believe it? The 0-2 pitch and a curveball is swung on him. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell. He's going to score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champion of the Big West. Oh, mama, when you come on down, you come on down? Does it amount? Oh, lady, won't you come on down? Does it amount? Oh, for the Gauchos, a quick inning there for Corey Lewis. The, the whole uh, left side of the infield, if Darby can hit a ball that way. 1-2 is hit on the ground towards left field. That's through for a base hit. They're going to wave Mortensen around third. Here comes the throw from Saunders. It is not in time. And a two-run single for Xander Darby ties things up here in the fourth. Over Riverside and Fullerton 2-0 in the second against Davis. 2-2, and Mortensen drives it to deep right. Back is Austin Smith. He's going to turn and watch this one fly along. Three-run home run for Brock Mortensen. Gouches with a four spot, and they lead 7-4. And a no-doubter there. And once again, he's an instant rally. Nobody out. Infield still in. And the 2-2, and Willis pulls it. Fair down the right field line, past the dive of Fitzgerald. Gauchos will get those two runs back, and Willits will have himself a double. And now the throw gets away from the shortstop, Furman, who is covering. But backing up is the left fielder, Hullback. But it's a two-run double for Willits. Here's a 2-2, hit back up the middle. It's in the center field, a base hit. Johnson scores. Here comes Vogt. He's going to score. Gauchos with a three spot here in the fourth inning and they take a 3-1 lead. Brock Mortensen with a two-run single. Right back through the box. Not trying to toot too much, and he's got RBIs 28 and 29. Wants to name a pitch after him, is that the Maxine? The Maxine, you want to throw together a, a theory? <laughs> Here's a line drive out to the right center. Vote goes into a dive and makes the catch. He's going to throw back to first and with the runner it. trying to get back. It's a double play. What a great play by Nick Vote in right center field as he doubles off Hallback. 
Jerry Fall will be back for that one. And Oakley drives this to right field towards the corner. If it stays fair, it's gone, and it is up over the tree for a solo home run. Nick Oakley is on the board with a homer. His first career long ball, and it's 3-0 Santa Barbara. Well, nothing like the local kid going deep in front of his family here. He's got a large contingent of people here. Happy to see that number one home run. To support your, your stolen base theory here, does this change the decision making on the pitch call? Potentially 2-2. Two -two. Anything you want right there. And Johnson hammers this to right field. It's going to get down for a base hit. Willow scores. Right behind him is Kirtley. And Kyle Johnson for the Gauchos delivers with a two-out, two-strike, two-run single. And the Gauchos lead it 8-6. Assistant coach Dylan Jones is my guest this week on the Gaucho 9 pod. Gaucho's coming off of a sweep of UC San Diego at home. They have won six in a row. They are sitting at first place in the Big West Conference at 13-2, and 24-8 overall. And last weekend at CSUN on the road, this weekend at home, two sweeps, but two series that kind of felt similar. A lot of offense from both sides. And there was some clutch pitching. There was some big pitching moments like Gallagher's eight-inning start last weekend. And I don't know, I think the, the performance of the bullpen and some good things that happened this weekend. But Dylan Jones, welcome to the pod. Let's get your reactions coming away from the weekend because six wins in a row and keeping pace at the top of the conference and gotchas are, are getting it done here in the, in the middle of the season. Well, shoot, I, I'm – First, thanks for having me, Kev. Appreciate it. Great, great chatting as always. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm more of a day-to-day -day guy. When you say it like that, it makes me feel good. Um, you know, six six in a row, two two conference weekends in a row. Um, that's that's pretty big time stuff. And um, I think anytime you can do that, you you feel good about it. And and you know, obviously. I think as a coaching staff, we still think that guys can get better and, and, and our level of play as a team can get better. Um, but we found ways to win. And that's, I think, gets, you know, maybe not not, not talked about as much or, or under undervalued with what, how we think the team is doing, but we find ways to win. And I think that the guys never think we're out of anything and, and we can lead the charge or we can come back and rally or we can, you know, go, go blow for blow in a, in a, in a, in a shootout. Um, and I think it's, I like hearing you say that, Kev. Keep, keep telling me these good things. <laughs> <laughs> That's important, right? Yeah. Well, my side of the, the media side or the, the non-coaching side, this whatever hybrid side that I'm on over here, and I, I, I consume a lot of other podcasts about other sports, and I heard a guy say something about basketball where, and like football where you, you put so much weight on the, uh, the, like the season as a whole – because you can break down individual games and you're taking multiple days in between games or week-long breaks in between games. But baseball, maybe it's a little different than a college game, but he mentioned something about you know major leaguers because you're playing every day. You take the highs and lows in stride so much differently than the other sports where it's 
oh, if you had, you had a good game, you're, you're still on the same level as, oh, if you went 0 for 4 or 4 strikeouts. Or if you had a good start, you're still taking it a stride with, oh, you got, you got hit for seven runs in, in, in two innings. You're taking it more even keel and you're level-headed throughout the season. But I think in college baseball, it's a little different because you do have some time in between games and you can get high and low from a fan perspective or a media perspective, you can do that. But the coaching side, it's it's kind of still the same. Like you're going day to day, you're worrying about practice the next day, you're worrying about who's starting the next game, who's healthy coming out of the bullpen the next game. Like it's it's interesting hearing your your perspective when we were ch- chatting before we started, where it's I started to break down some of the numbers, and you're kind of like, okay, yeah, like I hadn't even thought about that or haven't even realized that about that. I've been thinking so much about the next game or the next moment of preparation, the next thing that we have to do. Like, I don't know. Is that, I guess the, the question that I'm wrapping around here is like, is that the headspace that you want to be in as a coach to help these players, like to keep them on track throughout the season? Cause it's a long season. Yes. There's up and downs, but you are out there every day more or less as a coach you are especially in your recruiting but do you want to pass that on to the players where you don't want to get too high and too low yeah uh i I think we do a i think we do a good good job of that um as a team of not getting too high or too low you know on the on the pitching side of things you know when they're on the mound i always say all you can show is no emotion or good emotion so hopefully we're only showing showing the good stuff um, just as far as body language goes and, and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I do think in the college game, especially with where we're at in the season, I think all the players, all the coaches, we understand the routine and the day to day of what we got to do. We go through these three games. We, we do our Monday deal. We get ready for Tuesday and we get Wednesday and Thursday to prepare for the weekend again. Um, you know, a little, little different with Easter this week and having Sunday off, but um I think the routine of it is nice because we know what to do. We know how to show up, but we can't really get too high or too low because that doesn't help us at all. You know, and I, you know, we talk about being present and um, being in the moment as much as we can. And, and I, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I think it's real. You know, if I'm still thinking about six games ago when this situation happened and then I'm doubting or trusting about going to a decision or, or talking through things with checks or, you know, that's not going to help us. It's going to be what, what's now, how, how do we get better? How are we going to figure this out? And then once it's all said and done, it's on to the next one. Um, you know, I think there, there's not a lot of time to think about it if you're, if you're doing things right. Um, Cause you're, you're always getting to that next one and, and preparing for the next one. Well, so let's, let's talk about the weekend because Lewis, he goes, he only goes four on Friday and, and you bring in Michael Rice and Michael, was was excellent on Friday and he goes three and a third innings you know he throws a lot of pitches the outs wind up getting the win like where is the where's the decision like how does the decision work on because we know that Ager and Rice have thrown multiple times multiple weekends and they can bounce back so like how are you judging? All right. How long do we ride Michael? Do we go to Ager on Friday? Are we going to use both of them versus are we trying to save them or without trying to reveal any secrets, but are you trying to, are you judging their, their, their headspace, how they, how their arm feels, or is it a situational decision? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good question. I think 
it, it becomes situational um, on the day to day. But I also think, you know, with where we're at with guys and, and, and how we like to do things, I with Michael Rice right now, I just walk by him. You good? You want this? <laughs> he, if he gives me the right the right tone and the right look, all right, I'm not going to second guess that, you know, or he'll, you know, take a deep sigh, read body language, and like, all right, you look like you're getting tired. We get somebody up and, he, you know, gives you a little head nod. And um, I, I think the open communication on that side of things is good. Obviously, if, if you know, the results aren't going good or, or we can see it in the middle of an inning getting tired, um, we'll, we'll make a move and checks will call down. But I, I think a lot of that's just kind of conversations in between innings. And I think it comes from the trust on, on the coaching side of things. Is 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 this guy going to tell me what's real? Is he going to tell me how he's really feeling? And then um, on, on the multiple occasions on the weekend, I, I think it's all kind of monitoring pregame throwing, how much they threw in the pen. Did they warm up? You know, you kind of factor in all the throws of, leading them to be their, their best on, on any given day. And uh, just a lot of talking, a lot of figuring it out and, you know, a lot of trust uh, both ways from, from player to coach and from coach to player. Sounds like communication. Communication. Lots, lots of communication, which is, which is good. And it's a challenge. Yeah. Communication is a challenge. I think uh, being around how the gauchos go around things in the college game I mean, even at, like it's a it's a tight community, of course, at the ballpark and guys have class and they have different schedules and you and checks do a great job with the the pitchers weekly where you're you're juggling all these different schedules and who's going to pitch when and when did this guy pitch and when did he throw a pen and how's his how's his arm feeling? Do we want to tone it down? Do we want to ramp it up? Like it's so vital to be in constant communication with all these guys so that they are at their best when they are prepping for a game and when they are in a game. And I bring up Lewis and I bring up Rice and I mentioned Ager's name and I mentioned these communication things and you mentioned routine. And I'm, I mentioned all these things going into roles. And this was something that Bob uh, Bronsma and I talked on the broadcast this weekend about was roles and having your roles defined. And this year, the Gauchos' starting rotation on the weekend has been consistent each weekend, except for maybe opening weekend when we saw Harvey uh, get a start. But he has since moved into the closer role, and he has been exceptional in the closer role. But the rotation has been unchanged throughout the year. And even though it's maybe been up and down from week to week, I think there's a ton of value in having those defined roles. And the starting rotation, you got Callahan pitching on Tuesdays. The starting rotation has defined roles and then the bullpen has their defined roles. Is that something that you guys have discussed or is that something that just kind of fell into place? Was it something that you were seeking? Like, cause I think that the roles out of the pen, like it's, it's easy as a broadcaster is it's like, all right, uh, Lewis is in the fifth here. He's, he's in trouble. Like they're going to rice. Uh, they've got a two or three run lead or if they're down by one, like you're going to Michael rice. And then like Saturday, if Ager doesn't pitch, Gallagher's have in trouble in the fourth or the fifth or the sixth, like they're going to Ager. Uh, like are those defined roles helpful? Like as a, does it help as a unit in, in the dugout, in the bullpen, like as a team in the clubhouse where guys know that, all right, we're going with Corey on Friday. And then this guy's coming in out of the pen. Like they can anticipate when they're going to be called upon. Like, is that a good thing? 
to have on a pitching staff to find roles. Absolutely. I, I think that, you know, especially with where we're at in this point of the season, um, guys are, are understanding them and, and, and know, um, you know, I think throughout the fall, we're always kind of talking about it, checks and I, and, and um, kind of putting people in, in, in positions that we think that their role will be um, in, in the spring. Um, and then even leading up to the season, we kind of say, all right, these are our guys that are our starting candidates. These are our, you know, situation guys. These are our back end closer stopper guys. Um, and then they kind of get thinned out and, and spread out to those various roles. Um, but I think guys really like it. You know, I, I think that there's probably anybody that watched the game know that once Lewis is done, ball's probably going to go to rice. I, I think that that's, that's pretty good. And then, Hopefully we get him out of there in enough and he can come back on Sunday, you know, and he, and he doesn't, doesn't uh, blow it all out for the weekend. But, you know, there's times where I walk down to the bullpen and without even saying anything, the right guy's popping up because they know that's the situation that's going to be, you know, uh, or, or popping up to throw because they know that situation is theirs. You know, and, and a lot of that's like we just talked about the communication but before the game. Hey, we got to go early. It's going to be you be ready to close today. And Harvey knows he's closing every day, um, which is, which is nice. Be, be ready to be the first guy. Up. Be ready to be the second guy. Up. Hey, Hattie, you're going to be the lefty guy today. You know, they've got three lefties in a row. This is your window. Um, Sam Whiting's kind of the same way. <laughs> he's kind of unique where he, he, the, the slider's tough on the righties, but he also, Hey, we're going to put you in there with the bases loaded and you're going to uh, get us to double play and get out of this thing, you know? Um, I think guys start to understand that and they feel comfort and that, um, but the routine is huge. You know, if you, if you never know and you're constantly guessing, I think that that's probably where it gets, gets tough. You know, I think the, you know, what, what the old adage of just, just stay ready, N never know, you know, there's, I've been on part of pitching staffs where it's just be ready when your number's called and go perform. Um, but I, I like the way that we do it and establishing those roles, having names for them so that guys, know how to prepare throughout the game. It's hard to stay locked in for nine innings um, <laughs> as a pitcher, you know? Um, so I think if you can have that window minimized, you can be really good at those, you know, one to three innings, you know, being a starter, you got to do it, do it longer throughout the game. But um, I, I think understanding those routines and those, and those roles is, is huge, huge for our pitching staff. Could you pick out one or two guys that have maybe picked out some roles that were unexpected and have really grabbed him by the horns? Yeah. Um, I, I think of three guys off the top. I think Sam Whiting's one because we, you know, he coming back, he really hasn't pitched much for us. You know, I think this weekend, actually, you, Kev, you're the number stats guy, so you should know this, but is that Sam Whiting's first uh, collegiate win? I think I think that 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 might be the case. Check said that. Keep keep uh, keep talking. I'll get uh, research on it right okay. now. But he's a guy that he he's been able to fill. He's been a stopper guy. Um, he's been a, a matchup guy. But he's kind of one of those late late inning bridge guys that I think is uh, really flourished and, and is continuing to get better in that role and knowing what he has to do and how to show up. Um, I think Matt Ager has been, been fun to watch. Um, you know, obviously big righty didn't really know what he was going to do for a start. Is he going to pitch this year as a freshman? And we just continued to work and 
got a real pitch and the velo's upticked and he's kind of that that second stopper type guy that we like to use and, and, and throw strikes and fills it up and doesn't let the situation get to him. Um, and the other one I would say that, that is really, and I, his is probably the toughest is, 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 is Hattie. Cause sometimes he's a lefty specialist. Sometimes he's a bridge guy for two or three innings, had a couple starts here and there. Um, and, and we actually just talked to him the other, other day and Chuck said, Hey, you're just, you're just our swing man. You're going to be there when we, uh, when we need you and you're going to fill this role. And I think, you know, part of that to his credit, he's, he's versatile and can handle that. You know, he's got, he's got three pitches can get lefties and righties out. And I think anybody looking at a giant lefty throwing, throwing cheese on the mound is, is pretty exciting uh, for us. And the other, other dugout doesn't really like it. So um, those are, those are probably three guys that have been fun to watch, you know, I think Michael Rice in that role, he's really established the the come in and the fireman stopper role. He, he kind of gets the, the crowd going and the dugout going with, with some of the antics. And he's the, had some moments, yes. had some moments, you know, and then, um, yeah, uh, I think Harv coming in to finish the game, everybody's oohing and on and seeing what he's going to, what velo he's going to get. How's he going to punch somebody out? How's he, you know, he likes to make things interesting. I'll give that to him, but, but he's done a good job. I think he's leading the conference in saves and, and, and doing some things so there's, there's a lot of pieces out there and i think that they're they've all embraced them and, and i think that we all all those puzzle pieces together make 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 the thing work um and guys are really enjoying it research confirms that sam whiting got his first collegiate win on sunday in that Perfect. eight seven win against uc san diego to complete the sweep so congratulations sam whiting <laughs> we also had a first uh, last weekend. How about Brady Huddleston last weekend? I didn't get a chance to talk about him much. I think I mentioned him with Ferg, or, or at least on the on the recap. But but Brady getting the the late call down to CSUN, and he winds up getting the save. On uh, was that Sunday? No, Saturday. It was Saturday's game. Yeah. So yeah, how about that? You know, easier to stay ready than to get ready. Hey, uh, Hattie's sick. Can you uh, can you drive down yourself and meet us here? <laughs> I think he was there in, in ten minutes. Showed up. I looked up. It was about half hour before the game. I was like, "Oh, Brady, you're here. You ready?" He said, "I'm ready. Put me in." And he that's did the right thing. attitude. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay, let, let's well, let's go to some let's go to some numbers. We we've sung some praise. So let's go to some numbers with the Big West or the Gaucho pitching staff first in the Big West in ERA which also ranks in the top 25 nationally, 3.76. So also leading the Big West in saves and wins. Scouts have the most wins in the conference, 24. They've allowed the least amount of runs. They've allowed the least amount of hits. And they're second in batting average against. So those are some pretty good numbers across the Big West Conference that the Scouts are leading in. Those are some important categories. Mikey Gutierrez, six wins, leads the conference. Harvey's nine saves are seventh nationally. Their gouches are top 30 in hits allowed per nine and then top 50 in strikeouts per nine uh, nationally. So those are some numbers toss at you, Dill. Like, heck yeah, right? Yeah. Pitchers, I, I are, get, pitchers are getting it done. Before the, before the pod when we were uh, breaking it down a little bit, but I said, I, I think I needed this, Kev. It makes me feel like we're pretty good. <laughs> Um, but hearing some of those numbers and, you know, I, I think we talked about the, the day to day and getting ready for the next one. You're always kind of 
making those adjustments from the weekend before, but it's, it's good to hear. I don't, I don't dig into the stats too much. So I appreciate you doing that, but it, it's, it's been doing some things and give credit to those guys. Um, you know, we, we lost a lot last year, lost an older group and people have found their roles and, and people have embraced them and they've learned and they've grown and stuff's gotten better. And I, I think it's, it's exciting to see some of those things with, you know, what are we about halfway through the year right now? something like that um you know and, and that's still the 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 crazy part for me is i think we can get better you know after you listed off all those numbers and i think that is an exciting thing um as a, as a coaching staff as a, as a as a pitching coach with what we have going on that you know i think that guys have gotten through half the season they've they've feels like they've gone through a year or two of uh college baseball some of those younger guys and, and that experience is going to be you know huge uh, as we make this second half run well it was a big it was a big to do on the the season preview pod was all right how are you going to place replace the innings that rodney boone and michael mcgreevy and chris troy and connor dan and connor roberts all through last year i maybe i'm missing one one or two names but the guys that that were part of that staff last year that went to a regional and won 40 plus games how are you going to replace those innings? Well, it's, it's not a question of how. It's just a, all right, we've done the recruiting. We've brought in the guys. The guys that have been here have seen it. They've done the preparation. Now it's their turn. And also a couple of guys that have come back from injury. Uh, Michael Rice, who was who was not available last year, coming in. And, you know, I, I hadn't seen him throw much, and he is exciting to watch. I mean, it's like knowing Mike as, as a kid as he is, the kid that he is, you know, off the field, I mean, he's he has out been outstanding on the mound. Like he brings that attitude out to the mound, and his personality shows, and he's really embraced that role. He likes the spotlight, and I think he's he has been the the biggest bright spot for me because we 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 saw what Corey would be like last year, pitching on Sundays and having that big performance in the regional, and I think. Everybody has their ups and downs. He's had he's had a couple of you know below average starts in a row, but he knows what it takes to get himself ready. And I think he's going to step up. Well, not step up to the plate, but is there a term for step up to the plate uh, in pitching terms? I mean, he's going to throw the rubber. I don't know. He's he's, <laughs> he's, he's going to tow the rubber with a little more gusto coming up here against Long Beach and Polly and Irvine, which are three important series coming up for the Gauchos and talking with Bronze, you know, and, and checks and, you know, the rest of the, of the staff about like, how, how are we going to feel out this big West conference this year? And albeit the, so the Gauchos have played some of the lower, the teams that are lower in, in the standings, Davis, Fullerton, uh, Hawaii has been red hot, by the way, they've won eight in a row. Wow. One number one was that 10 to nine extra inning win against the Gauchos. But UCSB still hasn't seen uh, the top other two teams in the conference, Pauly and Irvine, which will both be on the road in a couple weeks. But Long Beach State, the opponent next weekend, and I don't want to look past UCLA, which will be tonight if you're listening on Tuesday morning. UCLA, 7-2 to two loss last time out. J.D. Callahan, seven, of the, seven runs allowed, but six were unearned. We had a tough inning. There were some bad hops on the infield. And I'm saying bad hops on the infield uh, that 
win against the Gauchos. But that's a big game at home. Should be a good crowd. But Long Beach coming up. Luis Ramirez coming off an injury. They've got some good hitters. They've got a good pitching staff. It's going to be a fun, fun week uh, at home. So I guess to round out the conversation here, talking about the games ahead, you know, what's it going to take to get prepared for Long Beach State? Are we changing anything up, or are we just are we continuing to press on as we have, making adjustments week to week? Those are those are the secrets I can't give away, Kev. Those exactly. Are the, that's why we exactly. get big bucks, you know. Uh, hopefully, Chex has got a little little dust left somewhere. He can he can sprinkle on a couple guys. Uh, we'll we'll get things going. Um, but I I think it's it's just a matter of showing up and, and getting back to work and putting the work in. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do can feel, you know, at times monotonous or the same thing over and over, but that's what makes you good. You know, it's, it's not at this point in the year, we're not creating a a magic pitch uh, or or throwing five miles an hour harder. Um, It's just getting really good at who we are and and what we do. Um, And I think that our guys have a, a better head on their shoulders than they have, you know, just because we've, they've learned so much to this point in the year and they understand it and it's time to go to work and and show up and do it again and again and again. And Long Beach is kind of irrelevant. It's never about the other, you know, more cliche coach talk, but it's, it's really not about what's in the other dugout. It's if we can control, we can control and do our thing. I I put us up there with anybody. Um, And and that's going to give us a good, good opportunity to, uh, to come out with another W. Okay. Well said. Are there any, Who's who's got the best handshake this year? Who's the best best handshake duo duo before the games? I I'm usually with the starter down in the okay. pen, so I haven't seen him. Um, we'll we'll have to get a pull. We'll have to get a pull. That'll be yeah. a that'll be a good one for you. Okay, maybe we can maybe we can get we can get some pitchers this week for the pod <laughs> next week and get some get some handshake breakdown. We could do that. <laughs> oh well, Easter Easter yesterday Easter yesterday, and I was I was. I was playing golf. Where'd you go? And uh, Olivas Links in Ventura had to get out of town. Had a good day. Had three birdies. What was it? What was the final? Shot seventy-seven. Okay. So a decent day. And I was I was thinking about it. I was like, this is kind of like the All Star break. This day. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, it's like it's that one weekend in the middle of the summer where there's no baseball in, in major leagues case for four days. And in college baseball case, it's just this one day, Easter Sunday. But man, it feels like it's like a whole weekend. It does. You get a whole Come day. Come back rejuvenated, ready to go. <laughs> so my, so you know, the guys use it to refresh. Coaches use it to refresh. The staff use it to refresh. So my question to you is, what did you do on Easter Sunday, Dill? Uh, went went a little little staycation. Went went a little. Uh, place in Santa Barbara and just kind of got away for the night. Um, me, me and Jess went out and, and did our thing and had a nice little getaway, hung out on outside and just enjoyed the day, slowed it down. Walk the, walk the dogs, walk the dogs. Got to take the, the dogs. dogs. Got to, got to crush them and get them <laughs> tired so we can go, go do our thing. All right. Well, good, good report. So yeah, Easter, Easter break is over. We get to the, the real gauntlet of the season as far as the big West goes and the, and the Gouches are concerned. Again, they're sitting in first place, two and a half games ahead of Polly, who has played three less games. We will see them in two weeks. So tonight, Tuesday, UCLA at home. 
then three games against the Dirtbags this weekend. So there's still some some big games on the schedule. Two against SC, got home game against uh, St. Mary's, who is playing well. Um, and then, yeah, got Irvine on the road. So lots and lots of baseball to come, lots of important baseball, and good chances to see UCSB out at Cesar Wasaka Stadium uh, and Coach Jones and Coach Checkets and their pitching staff, their remarkable pitching staff. 3.76 ERA. I mean, they're getting it done. Um, absolutely getting it done. And being consistent with their defined roles, it's been awesome. So, uh, Dill, thanks for the time. Let's go and prepare to be better just like we do every day. Let's do it. Right back right. to it. Thanks, Dill. Thank you, Kev. All right. Thank you to Coach Jones. And thank you to our great sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and Smart Office Interiors. Gauchos take on UCLA at home tonight, Tuesday at 530 Against the Bruins, Gauchos trying to even the season series with a win. And then Long Beach State, the Dirtbags, will be in town on Friday starting at 5.30. It's a three-game set. Dirtbags were swept on the road last weekend against Oregon State. They are 5-7 and seven in the conference, but a dangerous opponent. Definitely uh, cannot take the Dirtbags lightly. They have a couple of good pitchers, Luis Ramirez and Devereaux Harrison, and they have been good with the bats as well under Coach Valenzuela. So that is this weekend. Hope to see some big crowds out at the ballpark this week with UCLA and Long Beach State in town. Uh, it's going to be fun. Can't wait. Uh, that's going to do it for the pod. My name is Kevin Cannon. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you at Caesar this week. <laughs>